Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show today. We're excited to have another person a photographer on Kennard Lines. His name is Jaden. He has been a, a, I guess this is a while ago, he was a photographer and lab tech on Cunard Line. And for the last six years, it sounds like he's been a dental assistant in um, Utah. And he's also an artist and he's got artists pinpointed around the world, but he's uh, mostly famous for, I saw you on one of the groups on Facebook where you painted a world, like a 20 foot world mural on the crew deck on the canard line. Before we bring Jaden in, let's check in with Brad and Eric and seeing what's going on with him. Well, we'll start with Eric because he's, uh, he's had a power outage and he's on his phone right now. So we'll see if we can get Eric's, uh, what's yeah, going on. So I'm sitting here in the dark. Uh, luckily my laptop, uh, is battery powered. So I'm getting a little bit of light from my, um, house is pitch black and I live out in the country. So it is pitch black out here. Now, luckily we have a battery uh, backup so that we can keep the internet going. And now that I said that more light, there goes my Oh, my laptop went. That's what it was. My laptop. Oh. I was like, shit, there we go. No, it was my laptop because I hadn't done anything to it in a while. But we have a battery backup for our internet service so that when the power goes out, we can still communicate and things like that. Is it a bad thing that you look better now than you do normally <laughs> on your videos? Yeah, I think I took off about 10 years in the darkness. There you go. Gotcha. If you shave, I mean, you'll be back in your 20s again on ships. <laughs> hey, Brad, yeah. what's, what's going on with Brad? Uh, any any uh, morel mushrooms to report? Well, I did a little scouting yesterday, took a quick scout. I didn't get didn't really get into, you know, the deep, dark country, but I, I took a little jog around. And, uh, you know, when they're out, I, I would spot them right away and I didn't see any. So I think I think maybe we need a little more. Uh, soil warmth or uh, something, maybe a little rain. So hopefully with all these uh, kind of storms that are going around, we'll get something going here pretty soon. So, so how many my... acres there are you looking through? hundred yards or so. But so it's it wasn't not, really it's, a thorough search. It, it was thorough because I know where they're going to be at, you know, when uh, they're okay. out. If I go to this these places, they're going to be there. So I don't, you I, you know, know, I, you don't, I don't right. have to cover a lot of ground to know when right. they're Okay. Yeah. So well, that that makes more sense. But it's but it's 960 acres, so that Oof. would take a while to get over the whole. Yeah, guys, you can go acres. Jesus, you can go on like an Easter egg hunt for these mushrooms uh, on the weekend. How about that? Uh, hey, Good that's luck. not even. I will. Like, I'll go out there. I I know I'm going to have to probably endear walking around Brad in the in the middle of the forest while he's smoking. And, uh, well, we'll we'll cover some really good ground because I'll bring my jeep out there. We could hop hop around everywhere. And, and... oh no, no V, no, you can't. You can't get around in a vehicle, foot oh. only. Too many trees. It's in the sloughs. It's it's. This is wild country. Wild country. Okay. Well, cool. Let's move this and welcome Jaden into the show. Jaden, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing much, man. <laughs> I like your. For those of you that can't see, he's got like a what do you call it? Like a handlebar, his mustache uh, handlebar. I call it the Dolly. I mean, that's how I got it. I was Dali. I was Salvador Dolly for yeah. for Halloween and just never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Welcome to the show. And now, where did I contact you off of? Was it the Crew Bar or is it one of the groups or something? Yeah, I think it was the the Crew Bar Facebook group. I I posted my TikTok on there of, of my mural of 
on there and you just uh, message me from there. So that's, that's right. Cool. Can't wait to uh, hear your, your story and stuff, but we don't know each other. We don't know what you did or, or anything like that. But before we get into your stories, because it sounds like uh, you messaged me back, there's like, I don't know, six, eight, 10, you know, half a dozen stories that he's got lined up. <laughs> Kind of give us a background of yourself and what you did before cruise ships and, and how it came. Real quick. I have a question real quick. So is it Cunard or Cunard? I was going to bring that up right away. It's Cunard. Uh, okay. <laughs> but that, that's fine. As an American, I said Cunard when I first got aboard too, but I was yeah, quickly right. corrected. <laughs> okay, okay. So it is Cunard. Okay. Scott, now you know. Cunard. 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 Okay. <laughs> But uh, he's going to say Cunard the very next time. (laughs) I probably will (laughs) pronounce it Cunard. Before you got on Cunard, give us a background on, you know, what you did and how it came to uh, you ended up on cruise ships. Well, uh, I'm from Utah. I grew up in Salt Lake. Back before ships, I moved down to Southern Utah to St. George to go to college. I took two semesters there. First one was just generals and I was miserable. And my second what college, um, uh, Dixie. Oh, is where never heard of it. It's, it's kind of a party school. It's not really known for. <laughs> and, and what is their mascot? The fighting uh, ones. It's a bison, I think. Yeah, it's all right. I was. No, I was nothing like there, a golden panther or anything like <laughs> yeah, that. No, no. But, uh, <laughs> bison's all right. Nothing cool. Let's see. Yeah, I took the first semester of generals. I was miserable. My second one, I was like, fuck it. I'm only taking art classes. So I took a bunch of oil painting classes, just different stuff like that. And I've been doing art ever since. And then uh, pretty much since then, I was like, you know, I've been telling a lot of people that I've uh, been thinking about joining a cruise ship. I should like maybe do that. (laughs) So um, where did you get the idea? Well, uh, I've been on cruises when I was a kid, like uh, my family. The biggest one I've been on, we we went from like uh, Florida down through the Panama Canal down to Chile and like a bunch of places in between oh, there. It was it was like a 15 day cruise or something, but yeah. that wasn't my first cruise. I've, I've had three or four throughout my life and I've always liked them and I was always trying to figure out a way to get on ships. At first I wanted to be a waiter, but then later um, oh. I became a, yeah, I'm glad I didn't oh. do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was a photographer. I'd been shooting uh, school pictures going around the state. Um, just traveling around taking school pictures and I also just did my own portrait work then I found online castaway recruiting is is where I found it I just applied through there I had like two interviews on Skype and within like three months I was on the ship and when, so, well like what year was this uh, let's see this was 2018 2019 I was I was on the ship for basically like a year exactly almost. Okay. Well, on, on all three ships, I'll, I'll get to that. But um, I joined the ships. I joined Queen Mary 2 uh, in New York. I Man, flew out what there. A, what nice. a ship to start on. Nice. Right? <laughs> I, I had no idea about any of it. I didn't know the history, any of the, or, anything? The history or anything. I was just like, wow. oh, this is a British ship. Okay, sounds nice. Didn't realize it was the biggest ship in the world in like 2008. I mean, it's far behind now, but, but it's still, it was... It's a very nice ship. It's huge. Although I was only there for um, maybe a month or so on that ship in particular. And during that time, it was it was rough. <laughs> that ship is constant work because it's it's just transatlantics. It goes from New York to Southampton, six oh, days of ocean, days. and just does oh. that over and over. Whoa. That so you don't, is heavy. You get yeah, you get and that, that was my first introduction to ships. So I was like, is, is it always like this? And everyone's like, no, it's it's not like this. <laughs> but, let me let, let me let me back up here. So when you got the call to go to the ships and how it was when you first got on there and, and seeing your 
room the size of a matchbox and you know that or where your rooms were bigger i mean the room was a decent size it wasn't like big big but uh the shower was definitely the smallest out of the three ships i've been on you like stood in the corner and then closed the shower curtain and and the shower curtain touched you (laughs) and it was that was not not very good but i do miss that being able to just hose out the entire bathroom that that was (laughs) the best part close the door (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just remember walking on the ship and like getting shown around and I finally get to the room and I'm by myself for the first time. And I just like put my head down. I'm like, holy fuck, this is, this is intense. <laughs> you, you get used to it. Everyone always told me that it's, it's hard at first. So I was, I was mentally preparing myself for it and I knew I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to leave. Yeah. From uh, the Queen Mary, I was on there for the month. Then something that I'm so glad happened Two uh, photographers were dating over on the Queen Victoria. They broke up. It was harsh and they needed to separate them and stuff. So they basically switched me and the guy uh, over there. So I went over to the Victoria. I switched over on Southampton on uh, August 10th on my birthday birthday, actually. I uh, switched from the Queen Mary over to the Queen Victoria, and I was there for the rest of my contract there. I can't remember how many months, but that was the majority of my first contract was on the Victoria. And uh, we went through like Northern Europe, and then we went down to the Mediterranean for two months. And eventually we crossed over to the Caribbean, and then we came back, and then I went home for Christmas and New Year's. And then I started my next contract on the Queen Elizabeth. I flew out to Vigo, Spain. We went to Namibia. We went to Cape Town. We went out to some of the middle of nowhere islands in the Indian Ocean, Madeira, Reunion. We went to uh, Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, uh, the Philippines. Then we went up to Japan and then we crossed across to uh, Alaska. And then we went down to San Francisco where I got off there and my sister picked me up and we road tripped in her Prius up the highway one, went over to uh, Washington, went over to like Montana, then down to Yellowstone and then back to Salt Lake where I I stayed for the next two years. (laughs) One contract, you did the runs that took me 10 years. And even then I didn't get to the South, to the Indian Ocean. Yeah, I got got really lucky. That's a... fantastic world cruise that you were basically on right that's that's what yeah. they do that was that's the cool thing about cunard is they're not like normal cruise ships that just do like loops of the one spots they're ocean liners so they they can transatlantic transit whatever and go anywhere they want and then we just do loops like we stayed in uh australia and new zealand for like two months and then we stayed in japan for like a month and then we stayed in alaska for a month so they just go around doing their thing it's it's pretty they do that with all three of their ships Wow, I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because we, we try and we kind of try and hint at this all the time, but we don't really come out and say it uh, all, all that often. But different cruise lines, you know, you, you when you when you're deciding on wanting to take a cruise, you need to look at the cruise line and see what kind of itineraries they do, what kind of what, what their thing is, right. and so you choose you choose your kind of cruise for based on really what the cruise lines do because they all have their own little niche. Right. Yeah. I got really lucky with Cunard. I, I could have ended up on say like uh, the Ensenada Catalina Island cruise ship like oh, that. No. That would have yeah, been a nightmare. No. <laughs> You've done that? that? Yeah. Oh, many times. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've been that on that punished cruise out as there. <laughs> Oh yeah. I did that cruise too on the old, I did it on the old serenade, the old Viking serenade. That was, that ship's been out of 
commission now for a while. But yeah, yeah, that's where Royal Caribbean used to send, at least that was the rumor that they would send people who did something <laughs> sure. wrong or bad, got, <laughs> got banished to the sun, uh, the Viking serenade. And you were a photographer in, in most of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for, for all of this, I was a photographer. Um, it wasn't until later on the Queen Elizabeth II that I was promoted to the lab tech. And that was that was way better. That's, I didn't have to interact with guests. I just sat in the, in the, in the basement all day, just editing stuff. Now, what do you do as a lab tech? Are you down there with like Lightroom, like, you know, crop and that's exactly what I'm doing you know, pretty much all day. Dogs, just cropping and then hit print, you know, you're the, pretty much. Yeah. We had, we had a really fast way of going through just batching all of it. So you just put everything to the same settings and then just try to get it. Cause we would take the photos that night at the formal night, get them all edited and batched and printed that night so we could sell them the next morning which yeah. could be tough sometimes if there's a lot of stuff saying like japan they are crazy about their photos i have photos of our receipts just strewning the floor just a very stressful time you know i i just real quick before we go into your stories and stuff i can tell you when you when you see a japanese you know in the old in, in, on the old videos and movies and stuff where they have all the cameras around their their necks and stuff so when we were in japan um a, a while back my, my wife's a dancer in japan uh, for six months and i just went to go mess around for four months and we went to do a bunch of tours you know the tallest waterfall in japan and and you know yamakura and did a bunch of tours my first thing that i learned in japanese was this which is no good gaijin uh, like westerner like english no good westerner and how I learned that is when we would go on these tours, we would go as, you know, as Americans, we like to go and see things and explore things. And I want this and how much for this? And can I have a, a drink of that? Let's go down this, you know, waterfall over here. They don't do that in Japan. They get off. You take a ton of pictures. You get back on the bus. You go to the next stop. And so we were always the very last people on the bus and we were always all every single time and i was like what's wrong like we had you know we had 15 minutes of the stop we wanted to go buy you know a postcard or something they don't do that they go take picture take picture drop this camera get another one take picture take picture drop you know and then and then when they get home and they develop them all, then they go through all the pictures. Yeah, my first phrase I learned in Japanese was a uh, dozo, which means here. When the, we had to use that all the time to get them to pose, we're just like dozo, just dozo, like come stand dozo. here, come, come, fold your hands. Oh man, Japanese couples do not dozo like to hold high, hands. Dozo, yeah, I, I would no. tell them to hold hands, and they they look at each other and blush and right. giggle like these sixty year old couples. It's like <laughs> you guys don't hold hands. <laughs> like, the culture in Japan is just so different to western culture that it's just hard for for like you know americans and westerners to really get it like it just doesn't make sense to us because i right. have some some good japanese friends and they're like no you don't do this or you don't do this or you say this and i'm like what this doesn't make any sense and they're just like yep yeah, that's just that's just the way it is it's you know the culture is just very different and we're yeah. talking about a country that's you know been around for thousands of years where oh yeah you know, the U.S. is still a baby country if you think about it. Let's get into some stories because it sounds like you got some uh, really good stories. You, you ready to yeah. go? My name is Jaden Roosh and this is my ship story. I was the photographer on board and I saw that they had an email for uh, a mural that they wanted the crew to do up in the crew smoking area up top. And it was about to expire too. Like it was about to be up. And I was like, what? How? How did no one tell me this? Because I was I was known as the artist aboard. I was always sketching and uh, drawing the guests and 
crew members and stuff like that. I quickly put together a little proposal. I took a archive photo of the Queen Mary. I sketched that out and I went to the meeting to show them, show them. And they're like, we really like the, the detail you have in this, but we were thinking more of a world map. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. So I went that night and I sketched out the world map. All right. Yeah. I think I, I can do this maybe. <laughs> so uh, I started on it and it was a long process just trying to do it in between work and uh, everything else. I would just do it in my free time. I would go up there and uh, I just had a charcoal pencil and I just held a map in hand and a charcoal pencil and I freehand it on the wall. Like a charcoal pencil? Nothing else that's would it. stick to the metal walls. So I, I, that's what I had oh, to use. But yeah. um, Holy I, shit. Just, I just kept correcting it over and over until... Um, until I thought it was it was good enough. It was really ever, tough. Ever have anybody any employees like erasing countries or erasing you know them? drawing drawing on your stuff or messing? Well, with when I was first starting, before it was very pronounced on what exactly I was doing. People would start drawing in, like say, "Oh, the people from Madeira, very they they drew on their island at one point, but it was like way too big and out of place." And I had to, I had to write on the wall. I was like, do not write on the wall. Like, don't, don't do it, please. <laughs> and that, that stopped it for the most part. But I think they, they just were, they were just having fun. But I, it made me want to make sure I got those small islands, right? Especially the Philippines. I had to get that spot on or else I would, I would not hear the yeah. end of it. Yeah. I spent a long time trying to get it right. I think I, I spent like three months just on the initial sketch, just trying to get that Oh, um, wow. Correct. Because wow. the, the hardest part, you would uh, say you you draw Africa and then you'd uh, go and put North America up and then you realize, oh, no, wait, North America needs to be moved over a little bit. But now it's too close to uh, Africa, which means now it's too, too close to South America. So you got to move that. And it's just shimming all these. It's like drawing a puzzle. It was so hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with <laughs> what I was just able to do. <laughs> so... But yeah, I just spent that time uh, getting the initial sketch up there. And then I got, they, they let me use the same paint that they use for the red funnel. So I got to just uh, paint that up there. And that didn't take me as long. Once I was done, they gave me like a glass model of the ship and I had my picture taken with the captain. And uh, that, was, that was pretty much it. That's really cool. And so how big was the, the map? Like, as big you know, as it? It was, it's pretty big. I, you know, I never actually measured it. I wish I did, but I want to say it's like 20 feet by 15 feet oh, high wow. or something like that. It's, it's pretty From big. Picture, even, it looked about 20 feet long and about 10 or 15 feet tall. It's yeah. And, and even then it's not, it's not to the scale I would have liked. I had planned originally to get um, Antarctica in there, but with the room, like below, there was benches below it and just trying to get it to the scale. It was very complicated trying to get that exactly to line up, but I did the best I could. <laughs> That's really cool. I've never heard of anybody ever doing anything even remotely like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll being, tell you, uh, man. being allowed to paint on the on the ship by the you know by the ship and stuff. I mean that's yeah, yeah. I, I would like a, to see the process because I'm sure that had to go to corporate and they had to get okays and, and all that kind of stuff because you're drawing on their on their flagship. I mean that's right. That's a, well that's luckily, a big deal. Luckily it was like just in the crew area, so they could hide it if they wanted to. But I think they were pretty happy with it. I, I constantly I'll, I'll get pictures from my friends, they'll take pictures in front of it still and uh <laughs> People stand and, and since posting it on a uh, TikTok, I made a little like explanation video with the full process. Like I, I every photo of my my process making it, um, I posted that, and I'll get people commenting like, "Oh, that was you!" Like, and that's 
that's the best part for me because people don't don't even realize like you know they're just sitting there looking at it but they don't even know who who really did it besides my my signature in the bottom, no bottom you did left, get a but, chance you did get a chance to sign it yeah but yeah was, so maybe they'll call you back to for touch-ups in the <laughs> maybe that would be really cool i do i do hope to go back someday but if i do go back i don't think i'll be a photographer when you guys have like a photo gallery and people are going to find their photos do you ever have anybody ask you like you know goofy stuff like how do we know which photo is ours <laughs> oh yeah constantly you know? i probably seemed kind of frank with some of them because i'd say it so quickly just because i know exactly what they're gonna say <laughs> so no there's yeah. times where, where it was crazy busy but there was plenty of times where it's just so mind-numbingly empty yeah that i got really good at learning how to just leave my body and just like stand there <laughs> without <laughs> do you ever have yeah, any one. like uh like famous people um do photography or portraits or anything i heard that kevin from the office was on board once but i never saw him yeah you don't get too many famous people on cunard cunard's nice. mostly just a bunch of old british people that's that's mostly the crowd do you have another story for us yeah i do so um during my time i made these things called jar stickers so we'll dig into what jar is jar is just my initials, Jade and Andrew Roosh. And that's how I sign all my artwork and stuff like that. So it's just kind of in a way, just to leave a, a little piece of me with the ship. I had um, these little, like the gaffers tape, white gaffers tape that you just put on and it comes off easy. Um, I just signed jar and then uh, the date on it. So it would have been jar 18, jar 19, uh, whatever year it was at the time. And I would um, hide them around the ship. Um, not completely hidden but like you had to like look up or look down they were in plain sight but yet out of sight like no one would notice them kind of like the um, ducks have you heard about the ducks on the cruise ships now the ducks no i haven't like the little bitty ducks that people hide all over the ship that, you know in plants and stuff i mean there's a whole facebook groups and tiktoks and really about people who hide ducks around different cruise ships so for me like say with the uh, the queen mary 2 i probably hit around 100 maybe 200 stickers aboard there wow uh <laughs> once i got to the victoria i hit probably like 200 to 300 but i got to the queen elizabeth and i hid around 400 to 500 stickers around that show oh, man. and i have pictures i would like mass make them in bulk and i tape them on my wall and then I tape them and individually wrap them on a on a on a pen, and then I just keep that in my pocket so I could quickly just put it anywhere I wanted. I got I got it was always goals to get like stickers in places I'd never been before. But on the Queen Elizabeth, I had gotten four stickers up on the bridge, and that was probably my my biggest <laughs> achievement with the with the stickers as as it goes. Now you're not sticking them on the walls; they're like stickers where people could peel and and stick. Them yeah, on the if anyone, or? that was the thing. I never wanted to get in trouble. I was so scared of getting in trouble. But that was the thing with this gaffer's tape: is it, it could, if someone were to be upset about it, it's so easy to take down. I've never to this day had anyone have any issues with it, and honestly, I've only had positive feedback, especially because I would get so many people. They, I'd get talked to them, especially when I start the mural and people would recognize the jar and they're like, your jar. I, I'd get that sometimes just from even like random, like Filipino crew members, but especially say like the cast, I, I started a huge game with them. I would hide some backstage. They were like, oh, I found another jar sticker. And then, oh, we found one in the mess. And it just became a game for the crew. And it was, it was great that everyone was so enthusiastic about it. That's yeah. awesome. That's so do you funny. know if there's a bunch still out? I'm assuming it wasn't that long ago. There's got to be I a still, bunch still out there. Yeah, I was, I was on, it's been three years since I've been on the ship and I still get 
uh, messages from my friends. They'll, they'll, I found a new one. God, they like the most recent one was like underneath like a, a modem or something underneath the phone. Uh, they're, they're everywhere, man. They're under That's desks. Hilarious. 500 of them on a ship. That's yeah. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure some kidding. of them have been taken down, but, but I know that there's a good chunk that are going to be there for a long time. <laughs> I was going to say 20 years from now, you set foot back and you, there'll still, there'll still be some out there that somewhere. Was- <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good way to to leave a little part of myself with the ship. Now, what about your your trying your um, was it your betel betel nut in uh, Papua New Guinea? What, so what I think this that? was so it's this type of nut that's like it has like a hard husk on the outside. And on the inside, it kind of has like this softer, like meat-like substance. And what the locals would do, well, I, I, first of all, I didn't know what it was like the night before we were going there. I was just at dinner with one of my friends and she's like, yeah, I've heard that you have like this berry that gets you high. And I was like, stop, they have a berry that gets you high. <laughs> so I, I used my, my data to look this up, to figure out everything I could about it. And I found out it's relatively safe, especially if you're only using it like once, but basically the lo- all of the locals use it. Like even the kids I got there. Is this like and- a, is this like a DMT berry or something? No. Um, <laughs> the best way heard I can describe it. it is it's like a, a vodka Red Bull. Like I felt kind of drunk, but I also felt energized and it only lasted huh. like 15 minutes, which I think is, is, a big downfall for it is it's just so like there's so much commitment to it and i'll explain more on like how the process of it um you take the the meat of it you start chewing it up and it doesn't taste very good but it doesn't taste bad but then you mix it with lime extract and they take like a lime tree stick and they dip it in the, this white bag of uh extract and then you bite that and you mix it together and it makes this chemical reaction that turns it bright red and it stains your teeth bright red oh, and, oh wow. uh, and it makes you salivate like crazy <laughs> so i just you just keep it in your mouth for a little bit and then you spit it out and and that's it the effects take in and it lasts like 15 minutes Probably but, don't want to do that on the way to work the shows back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely being careful about it, but I don't I don't think anyone really cared. At first, I was scared that even like because I didn't really know the legality of it, just even in Papua New Guinea. But then I saw police officers doing it, and I was like, oh, okay, no one no one cares here. So, but I was just trying to find this. Um, we got off the port, and I was just walking around, and I saw some people like selling it through the fence and stuff, and I was like, well, how do how do I get this? I don't want to like go anywhere sketchy but then we went to this market and it was like the first booth at the market had a bunch of them for like one dollar so i i finally went up to it and i handed the the guy at the booth one american dollar and he gave me two nuts for it and uh but he was so surprised he's like you want to do this i'm like yeah yeah let's go and i slowly started to gather a crowd of people around me like all the locals there was probably like 20 locals just standing around me like look at this this white dude doing our drug so so i started now did that make you kind of nervous Uh, a little bit but i thought it was cool to to a way to connect with the locals that's probably the best way to do their drugs you know (laughs) (laughs) so I had that crowd around and they were all laughing at me, just like me trying to do it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good time. I mean, that, but like, I don't think I'd do it again or even regularly say if it was just a normal thing that was around just because there's so many, you have to chew it and then you have to have the, this white, that was, that was one thing. My friend freaked out a little bit when she saw the guy pull out the bag of lime extract, which was just in a plastic mm-hmm. bag of white powder. And she's like, uh, and I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> like if I hadn't looked it up before, known this was a part of it. 
I would have been sketched yeah. out, but I knew it was just lime extract. I did it and it stains your mouth red and how it makes you salivate. Yeah. How long does um, the red tooth last? It, it depends on how much you do it. Say for like all the locals, everyone I talk to there has a red mouth. The, the puddles of water just on the ground, blood red everywhere. <laughs> just because everyone's oh, spitting on the ground. Right. Bizarre. And then I went... And I found a kid and I was talking to this kid and uh, uh, I was like, oh, do you chew, chew the nut? And he's like, yeah, it looks like you have been too. He's pointing at my red mouth. I asked him how old he was and he's like six. And I was like, <laughs> oh I'm God. like, so you like the nut? I'm like, why do you, why do you like it? He's like, I don't know. It makes me feel funny. Like me and me and my friends do it. I'm like, all right, <laughs> just talking to them just to see what it's like. And it's so strange. You go and talk to everyone and even like the teachers there are all doing it. Everyone's doing it. It's it's wild. Now, is it a do you? I mean, in your research, is it a thing that would fail a drug test? I don't think so. I can't imagine they're testing for betel nuts. <laughs> no, <laughs> but even then, no one ever no, tested me that, for anything. It's not that strong. Yeah, have you, like have it. you done it, Brad? No, no. I bet, but I I know about it. I've heard about it. Now, when yeah. you said about the stain in the teeth <clears throat> and the police and everybody doing it and stuff, I, I I may have seen something float by like a documentary on Netflix or something like that. It, it, Cause yeah. it sounds kind of familiar, but I'd never heard of it before. But. Now does it make you, is it like a, like, like I've never smoked or done any drugs or anything. So does it make you wacky? Does it make you happy? Does it, does it well, amplify yeah, well, whatever mood you're in? Or I felt euphoric. I just felt happy and good. But like I said, it was more like a, like a vodka Red Bull. I just felt energized, but I also felt drunk, but it only lasts like 15 minutes. And that's why everyone has to redose so often and everyone is everyone in the country is like addicted to it because it's it's <laughs> you just have to do it so now often when to you're keep sal- the same salivating and stuff do you, are you supposed to like like swallow your spit or is it like no just... they they want you to spit it out that's why all the all the puddles are blood red because everyone's spitting it you and don't you don't swallow you the don't, meat of the what happens if you do i don't know you probably get sick or something <laughs> but I, everyone always just told me to spit it out everyone everyone was just carrying around like plastic bags that they spit the meat into it and then they just like spin it closed and then just have this little sack of used meat and spit <laughs> it's pretty awful but so how much do people do in a day like how often oh, do they i imagine it? i couldn't say for sure but at least 15 to 20 nuts if they're like daily using because i mean it only lasts 15 minutes it's just, it's a constant i'd probably they probably do it more than i mean an average you, cigarette smoker yeah so you, wow. you you're probably if you want to feel that continuously you would do one you know every 15 or 20 every 15 minutes pretty much yeah that just seems like a little um intensive like you know to get to that feeling it's like yeah i mean it's it's all they have there i don't i don't know how much i mean for the cost wise of it too it was so it's they're everywhere and they're so cheap uh so while we're on papa new guinea uh, tell us a story you you wrote in you donated school supplies or what what yeah, so this about? this same friend that was telling me about the berry the night before, she was uh, inspired by everything out there that by the we had two ports out there. And uh, the first port is where I tried the nut. And the second one we got to, my friend had put together a bunch of notebooks, a bunch of pencils, a bunch of stuff. She even found like tampons and pads to give to the moms and different stuff like that. Anything we could to donate there. Put it together in the crew mess. There was like five or six of us. So we carried a bunch of boxes out. Some guys gave us a ride. They said uh, there was a local school not too far. It was a little sketchy getting into someone's random car. But um, we got in and rode over to the school. And there was a bunch of kids just like singing in the school. And they brought them all out and lined them up. And we all gave them like a, a notebook and pencils and we passed out all the supplies that was pretty much it but 
it was really cool to see this. I mean, Papua New Guinea is such, it's so weird how close it can be to Australia, but yet so third world, especially in the second place we went to. The street signs were sponsored by the local cola company that it's called Go Go Cola. And like, so every street sign had a little logo in the bottom corner that said, go, go cola. Yeah. Back at the school, um, all the teachers were, were using the nut, all, all their, their mouths were blood red and it was the most. It's just bizarre. Like, it's just so bizarre that it's just like, if it's supposed to get you some, you know, this buzz or whatever, that even teachers and other people are using it like in the middle of the day. Well, I can imagine in in their job, it it looked stressful. It sounds like they they might need something. (laughs) But but yeah, that was basically it. We just, we just donated what we could. We got some pictures with the kids and uh, and we left. It was, it was a good time. I, I miss Papua New Guinea. That was probably one of my favorite places I've been to besides uh, Slovenia and Tasmania. But I did learn something about the Caribbean is that like I, a lot of my time, I didn't want to spend the money and like have someone go take me a tour or something. So I just walk around the poor Island. And I realized that that's not what I probably should have done. I probably should have paid someone a little bit to, to take a tour instead of just walking around this boring place. And like all the taxi drivers are constantly like, you want to ride? And I'm like, no, I'm good. But I get asked over and over. I just didn't want to spend the money. But looking back, I probably should have just a little bit just to see a little bit of the Island. No, I mean, the islands are beautiful. Yeah. And you kind of have to get around a little bit. Um, I of the the super super touristy areas and it gets um and those islands are they're really nice it's like Cozumel like if you stayed on that on that west side or east side I can't remember was but you went to the far side of the island and it was just so peaceful over there because there just wasn't a lot of people and you could just hang Mm -hmm. out like a like a little hut that served you some like fresh seafood and it was just fantastic to get away from all the touristy areas that all they do is serve you the same type of thing my biggest memory of the of the caribbean was seeing a house that its roof was made of piled up trash bags like just like a pile of them on the (laughs) roof and the bottom of it was like pallets and that was yeah that was my first introduction to the caribbean it's it's pretty shocking uh, as a photographer, did you ever hook up with a passenger? I got pretty far. <laughs> well, like I let's say I didn't, I didn't go all the way, but let's say like uh, third, third the, base, round and home. Third, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We got to third base. We snuck off. This was actually in uh, the Caribbean. Where was this? Barbados. Uh, we had met up at the port and we just like snuck off somewhere and uh, we were just making out in the tree somewhere. But she wanted me to come back to her cabin so bad. I was like, I, I don't know if I can. I, I don't. I was so nervous to do that. So we, we didn't yeah. end up going back to the ship, but we still had our, our little fling, I guess. Like this passenger, she was all alone and she took a liking to me. And she asked me like, oh, can you like go to dinner with me? So I got to go to the big, uh, I got to go to, to dinner with her. And yeah, that was pretty they cool. let you go to dinner with her? What? Yeah. The, I even asked, I got to ask. Uh, what? You asked? The head, the HR person. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't remember who I asked exactly, but I asked someone higher up. I was like, hey, is it, this passenger wants to take me to dinner. Is that cool? They're like, yeah, yeah. Whatever makes the, the, the passenger happy. <laughs> So that wow. blows that blows wow. me away that this is like 2018, 2019. We're we're all back in the in, in the 90s. Right on Kinard. Yeah. yeah, what's <laughs> up with that? Like <laughs> hey, hey boss, can we can, this passenger wants me to go to uh well yeah, as, as long as you leave with them Sunday. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
Yeah, no, when we worked on board, it was hard to even, like, if you had family on, it was like a privilege to go once in the entire cruise to have dinner with them in the dining room. Even when your family was on board, you couldn't even go. Like, it was frowned upon. We just had to, like, special permission from not only just your boss, the hotel manager, you know. Yeah, that's what it was, hotel manager. Well, so a follow-up, whether it's a a crew or a passenger, where's the strangest or wildest place you did it on the ship? Probably back on the Queen Mary 2, they have this hidden crew deck on the back of the ship that not a lot of people know about. You have to like walk through like passenger hallways and stuff to get to it. But you go out there and there's like a balcony and stuff and no one ever comes out there. But but I managed to like take a, that is so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to take this girl back there and uh, things got pretty heavy right there and there. But some some uh, Filipino dudes walked out on us at one point. But at that point, I was like, you want to you want to go back to my cabin? And things went from there. But but yeah, probably on that that back that back That's uh, funny. crew balcony is now, probably the wildest place. Now, is there a, is there a jar sticker out there? Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) That has been talked about many, many times. And of course, Eric christened that. I I christened that. (laughs) He he maintains that he is the first person to have sex on that hidden balcony. (laughs) You got to keep that crown. Unless it while it was being built. But if you think about it, there was probably that ship was in service, like not even like full service, but we were doing the repositioning of like bringing the ship out. Maybe what, like 10 days? So somebody could have beat me to it in those like 10 oh, days. Oh, that's when you were on there? Like like in the 10 days when it was brand new? Yeah, that's when that's oh, when yeah, I you were well before there. me. I, I think I visited that deck like... Uh, I think I was probably in my second year. Oh yeah, no, you. That, that, I'm sure it was well used by then. And there was a because, DJ. You know, if you go back and listen, listen to the episode, Stevie B. Um, well, he was a DJ right outside of his disco. He also used the same same place. <laughs> yeah, but that's so funny that, was, that you have that on the on, on Q and R. Yeah, well, the cool thing about this balcony too is like you went out one door to this area, but then there was like this thin hallway that like went up and around and then it went to a whole nother balcony area that was on the other side of the ship. So they had one area where people, there was like a table, people would smoke out there sometimes, but then there's a whole nother area that no one would go to. So it was already like secluded and then you take it even further by going around the corner. No one, no one could ever see anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we need to wrap it up. Let's make sure he (laughs) he gets all these stories in trying to think of any other stories. I have one. I just thought of recently was uh, I was standing over in the casino, like taking photos in there. And I saw this passenger who came out and he was all like windswept. His hair was all crazy and stuff. And he went over to some uh, casino staff and was yelling at them about, he's like, I was locked on my balcony for an hour and it was like crazy stormy outside too. He's like, I couldn't get back inside. And he, and later I had walked over to him and I was asking him just like what happened. And he said that he was locked down on the balcony and that he climbed over the balcony and jumped onto one of the lifeboats and climbed down the lifeboat loader that brought you to the promenade deck. Wow. Wow. Oh man. That's, that's not, that's crazy. Lucky lucky to be alive. Yeah. He could have just disappeared forever. And And in a storm. Yeah, the, that was my biggest fear on ships, man. You you look over the edge at night and you're like, man, if I fell off, no one's gonna find me. <laughs> like it's I would just black, sit like in I the mean, cold it's... water and watch yeah, the no. ship disappear. 
into some, the dark. Some megalodon shark. I'm definitely scared of open water, and people are like, "Oh, you you were on a cruise ship. How <laughs> how are you doing with that?" But it's funny. I only touched the ocean twice in my entire time <laughs> on ships. <laughs> and why why is that? I just went swimming twice. I'm not a huge beach goer, but every once in a while I would. <laughs> and that's the only time I touched the ocean. <laughs> well, what oceans wow. was it was it a famous ocean? You must have gone to the Caribbean. I don't think oh I did. <laughs> but I remember specifically I went swimming in uh Villa France and that was nice. The, oh the, yeah. The beach was like pebbles. That were all that was it was it was really nice. Uh and then I went swimming in um somewhere in Australia. I can't remember. It started with a K. If that's the only two times, that's that's pretty good two times. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny though. <laughs> so tell us what you're doing now and uh, drop any uh phone numbers or websites and uh, tell us about your your art. We're gonna close it up. Yeah. So um you can find me at uh, creation underscore jar on uh, most platforms. Instagram is where I post most of my art. I've been blowing up on TikTok a lot lately. I just hit 10,000 followers and I have like 9,000 or 9 million views. I post a lot of my art on there. If anyone wants me to commission a portrait or landscape or whatever you want, I would, I'd love to do that. Appreciate it. It was great to hook up with you on the crew bar group and, and uh, get yeah. here and tell some ship stories. They were, they were fantastic ship stories from Q and R. I've definitely got some more friends that love to come on. Let them know, get them on here. See you later. Hey, All take right. care. Thank you so much. Ciao. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was cool. That was, that really cool. was good. That, that was, was good. good. That was pretty good stories. It was really Please. interesting. Hey everyone, the ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!